This is Radio Maria, and a very warm welcome this afternoon to our catechesis. And this afternoon, we're joined by Sister Yasant, who's at the moment in the, in limiting in the New Forest, and she's here this afternoon to give a talk on the life of justice and Saint Josephine Bakita. Hello, Sister. Hello. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. Okay, our pleasure too. So I'll hand over the airwaves to you and our dear listeners and I'll pop back in about 15 minutes or so for a music break. Great. Thank you very much. Right. So hello, everyone. I'm going to talk to you about the virtue of justice today. Last month, we, we started on the, on the cardinal virtues, the, the, the virtues that are hinges in our life so important and they contain or they they yes they contain within themselves all sorts of other virtues that are absolutely essential to living well and living happily in good relationships with god with our neighbors and with ourselves so those virtues are great great gifts of god great powers that he gives us so last week, uh, last month, we saw the virtue of prudence and we, we saw how prudence really helps us to discern the right thing to do. And so it's about knowing, it's about figuring out what's the right thing to do in a particular circumstance for a particular purpose. But here we're looking at the virtue of justice and the virtue of justice isn't so much about thinking at this point, it's about doing. It's about doing the right thing. And in fact, it's so much about doing the right thing that it is acting according to the right of another, giving another what is his right, his due, what this person not only needs, but is owed by virtue of being a human person. So the virtue of justice is not really a virtue that's directed towards ourselves. It's a virtue directed towards others, towards living together and acting rightly towards others. But the others we live with is not only other people, it's also God. And so the virtue of justice regulates not only our actions towards others as our neighbors, but also our actions towards God, what we do for him that is owed to him by virtue of him being God and us being his creatures and also his adopted children in Christ. So justice is huge. It's massive. It's one of those virtues that regulates practically everything because every time we have an interaction with anybody, God or, or human, we have to exercise the virtue of justice in some way or form. So it's massively important. Now, justice doesn't sound very appealing. You know, you would think, well, if we have charity, then we don't really need justice, do we? Um, actually, that's a very good question. But no, we do need justice as well as charity. And in fact, yes, justice without charity is not very appealing, but uh, charity without justice doesn't work either. We need both of them. And in fact, every act of justice should be also an act of love, but it's an act of love insofar as it's doing 
for another what is owed to them. So we love them by doing that. But it's not simply because we love them that we do the right thing for them. And so, for example, we have to act in justice even towards those that we don't have much sympathy for. Everybody is owed justice, no matter what our feelings are towards them, and no matter what their feelings are towards us. Now, so this great tagline of doing, uh, acting for everyone according to his right or her right, doing everything that is owed for another person, what exactly does that mean? Uh, we're, we're going to look at it in the life of St. Josephine Bakita, not so much because she was a just person, she was a just person, otherwise she wouldn't be a saint, but because she's one who suffered so much injustice. And we're going to look at the meaning of justice, as it were, from that example of where it's lacking, because that's so vivid, it's so clear then as to what it is when it's not there. If you want, when it's not there, we know exactly what it is. When it's there, we it's harder to think about it. But before we go into the life of Josephine Bakita, I want to say a few words about what justice actually looks like for us today, day to day, acting justly, being just, what does it mean? Uh, and justice is going to be seen in our life through our deeds, our acts, and also in our words. So it's what we really, it's about what we do. It's about acting. Just wishing it doesn't make it just. I wish I could do the right thing for uh, my neighbor, but I'm actually not doing it. That doesn't make me just. Um, so it's about deeds and words. So let's start with deeds. What a human person is owed, of course, uh, we, we can see it already from, from uh, what we call, you know, human rights. Uh, the right of a person is linked to them being a person. So the right of a human person um, is defined from the very definition of what a human person is. A living, not just a living being, because, uh, you know, I have a houseplant in my room uh, and it doesn't have the same rights as I have. So it has to do, it starts from the definition of what a human person is. And in order to uh, help us out trying to define what those rights can be, the Lord has been very good to us. He's given us the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments basically are a charter of justice. We can look at them and see this is the way to act justly. Now, of course, uh, they can look very negative because it's do not, do not, do not, do not. And that's actually the, the, the limit below which everything becomes unjust. So we shouldn't kill. So the human person is meant to live and has a right to live from conception to natural death. Uh, the human person uh, is, um, is born into a family, honor your father and mother. And so everybody has as it were, injustice, the right to have a mother and father. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't happen uh, always. But when you don't have a mother or a father, there is something missing 
and and there is at some level an injustice there something that everyone should have is owed by virtue of being human and it's not we're not just talking about biological uh, conception we're talking about family um uh, you shall not uh, commit adultery everyone has the right to be respected and to be honored not to be treated as an object so a lot of our basically the the amount of the the, the sexual act outside of marriage becomes unjust because we're not treating others as as they should be treated by virtue of being human persons so you see justice has to do with literally everything so that's the acts if you want so cheating uh, stealing you shall not steal well we take something that belongs to another person that is their own so we we are not again acting with justice uh cheating stealing and then we come to the um words and the area of words so what we speak is a is a massive area where justice or injustice can be dealt where we have to be really just when we speak to another person first of all others are always owed the truth now that doesn't mean that we owe the full truth to everybody we we meet or even everyone we don't know but when we speak whichever whatever we want to reveal disclose when we communicate with anybody it has to be truthful it's a matter of justice it is an injustice to lie um and so everything that you can think of in terms of sins that uh, go against uh, truth have to do with injustice and that's a lot of things when you think about what's being written or spoken uh, all the social media all the everything that's put out there in the internet all of that is matters of justice so you can see how vast this has you know this this is now there are certain people and, and institutions which also we we owe well certain people we owe um greater as it were um we need to render more of ourselves we owe more so for example we owe more to our parents and so the kind of way that we're going to act towards our parents is not the kind of way that we're going to act towards somebody we don't know and so we owe them more and that's why you have honor your father and mother because they've given us more so the the kind of the, the types of relationship with have we have with our neighbors uh, our neighbors so whether they are close whether they're family whether they're distant will be also regulated but no matter what if we are dealing with a human person, we owe them to act with goodness and truth. And that's a matter of justice. So we can't harm them either physically, and that's, you know, bodily or by stealing uh, or verbally. Um, 
but then we owe more to those who are closest to us who have given us more. And the one we owe most of all is God. And so things like prayer, worship, adoration will not only be acts of love for God, of course they are acts of of love for God, but they're also acts of justice because we owe God everything we are and have. And so we, we render him everything. And one of the main acts of justice that we can think of uh, is simply gratitude. Gratitude comes under justice because it's only right to say thank you for what we receive. And so lack of gratitude is not just lack of love again, it's also lack of justice when we don't properly thank those from whom we have received uh, what we have and, and, and what we need. We also owe um, our, our, the, the authorities above us, and all of us, I mean, unless we're the king, we have some sort of uh, authority over us. Uh, so if you're a child, you will have your parents and then your teacher. Then if you're uh, at work, you will have your boss. And, and we have all, all sorts of, you know, we have the government, we have the different types of level of governments from your local council to, to your, uh, you know, state governments, you have your ruler. So they are owed our obedience, injustice. If there are, you know, legitimate governments are owed our obedience, injustice. Now, we might not always agree with them, but for order to be, uh, to be kept, and, and we need, we have in the scripture St. Paul urging everybody to obey and St. Peter to obey the civil rulers because they're providing a service for us, making our life together possible for the common good. And in justice, we owe our taxes and we owe, you know, for, for, the, for the common good. So it, these are not just, you know, and so even acts of obedience, again, towards legitimate authorities are acts of justice. All the more so, our obedience to God, while it is, you know, charity and it is faith, uh, we have seen those virtues before, but it's also justice. So in any way that we interact with another, be it a, a human person, be it a close or distant human person, being a body like the, the government, be it God, we exercise justice. Or we lack justice, if you want, but we ha- either have it or don't. So it covers everything, and and uh, and it is very good to think of our relationships and to examine our kind of re- the kind of relationships that we have in terms of justice. Have I given this person uh, what is owed to them? For example, if you have at work someone who's really annoying, uh, among all your you know, you have every all the employees in you know in the office, and there's one that's really annoying. So you decide, all right, Christmas, I'm I'm going to do a little gift for everybody, but not not for that one because I just can't bear that person. Well, that's unjust. It's not just a lack of charity; it's a lack of justice. Uh, so we need there are there is this very strong th- sense of equality in justice because. All persons have the same equal dignity by virtue of being created in the image and likeness of God. And so it's not because someone is a bit 
unpleasant or because someone may be disabled, not able to do the things that everybody else is doing in the office. Uh, or someone is from a different culture, that they should be treated differently. So justice regulates and allows us to really see everybody uh, equally. And in the same way, one of the biggest sins against justice uh, is, the, is, is what St. Thomas Aquinas called respect of persons. Now, that sounds really good, doesn't it? But it's actually really bad because it means because I have a certain... I have, you know, for example, this is what St. James is talking about in his, in his letter, when he says, when a rich person turns up uh, in your worship at church or in your house, and suddenly all the attention is on that rich person because they're really important, and so we make a big, big thing out of that rich person, and we completely forget the poor guy who's just sitting there. Uh, that's an act, a terrible act of injustice. So to see really that um, the dignity of the person has nothing to do with appearance, with wealth, with beauty, with um, success, and even with, with goodness, but it has to do with being human. And being human qualifies every one of us to receive from others what is our due which is at the very least respect, truthfulness, yeah, bodily respect, physical respect, truthfulness, and also uh, um, uh, uh, respect in, in, in manner, in, in attention, in, in, you know, doing, the, doing for another what, what they are owed. Uh, because we have different capacities that are properly human, our life is not just reduced to the physical. So yes, we have a right to live, and therefore we have a right to... It's, all the other rights are, are taken from you can't live without a house. You can't live without food. You can't... You, so shelter, food, clothing are, are basic rights. But also the other rights proceed from that by virtue of being human, such as education, uh, such as work. And, and these are fundamental. And so working for justice means considering all these rights as well for, for the human person. Now I'm going to stop now. And after that, I will, we'll look at the life of St. Joseph in Bakita to see really how does that work in, in somebody's life. Okay, Sister Yesen, that was a fascinating introduction. I was um, listening to, to every word attentively here. And I hope you listeners also have been listening attentively. And if you'd like to call in, and you're very much welcome to do that, and we do encourage that. The number's 01223 375564. That's 01223 375564. And we shall be back after this music break. And this is the Staple Singings, singing People Get Ready.
Don't need no ticket You can just step on board All we need is a little faith To hear the diesel running We ain't got to have no baggage now We can just thank the Lord You tell them People get ready There's a train to Jordan Yes it is
This is Radio Maria. And you've been listening to the Staple Singers and People Get Ready. And if you've just joined us, this is our catechesis slot. And we're having a very interesting talk here with Sister Yasant OP. And she's been, well, she's given us an introduction on the virtue of justice. And we're just about to resume the second part of that talk. So, Sister, I'm going to hand back the airwaves to you. Great, thank you. So now I've talked a little bit in abstract about the virtue of justice and, and how we should uh, give everyone, including God including, what is his right. So what is owed to them by way of doing good and, 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 and speaking truth. Uh, so now in the life of St. Josephine Bakita, we're going to see a complete lack of justice from her childhood when uh, Josephine, who was born in 1869 in Sudan, uh, she was adopted, ab abducted uh, when she was about nine years old. So she had a very, um, a very happy childhood until her abduction. She was kidnapped and in, no, in fact, she was she was six years old when she was. Oh no, sorry, <laughs> dear. No, she was about nine. But it's hard because we don't actually know with certainty the date of her birth. But she was abducted uh, by Arab slave traders, and then uh, she lived a life of complete injustice. The first injustice to her was to take her away from her family. Every child needs to grow in their own family. Every parent has a right to have to look after their child. Every child has a right to be looked after by their parents. So she was forcibly taken from her family and she lacked the love of her family. Uh, she was so traumatized she couldn't even remember her name. And so she was given the name Bakita, which means fortunate. Uh, and that was really the the great irony, uh, because she, for her years of captivities, lived a really horrible life. She was forced to travel hundreds of miles on foot. She was bought and sold more than once, probably about five times. And then she was uh, forced to convert to Islam and she was physically abused all the time. Uh, almost every day she was beaten up. Uh, on her body, you could count 144 scars. Um, one time she was so severely beaten up that she could barely move for more than a month. And she would uh, be bound with chains to, to prevent her escape. And so um, when, when she was beaten up, uh, she would be, they would put salt in her wounds to prevent the wounds from healing so that she would have a permanent scarring. And, and so she would ad be identified in that way as, as somebody's property. Um, but that was until, uh, until eventually, uh, by being bought and sold, she ended up in Italy. Uh, 
And so in Italy, she was owned by someone who gave her away to a friend. And that friend became, that friend's home became her home. That's be became where, where, where she lived for a time. So in Italy, in Venice, she lived as a nanny uh, for the newborn daughter of this uh, new owner who was called Augusto Michielis. And during that time, she was the best treated she'd ever had. And, and uh, then the, the family moved back for Sudan. And they, in that time when they, the family moved back to Sudan and she stayed behind in Italy with their young daughter. So Josephine, well, Bakita, as she was known, she wasn't called Josephine then, but Bakita was left to uh, be with their daughter. And her and the daughter, the younger daughter, were entrusted to the care of religious sisters called the Canossian sisters in Venice. And it's through those sisters that Bakita was introduced to the Catholic faith and, be and, and began to, to learn about Jesus. And she uh, received that complete life transformation through encountering the love of Jesus. So we can see in that first part of her life, from her abduction, abduction to her conversion in Italy, a complete lack of justice in her life. Even, even in that well-meaning family, she was still a slave. She was not treated as a human being. And in fact, um, when they returned to take their daughter and Bakita back to Sudan, they demanded that Bakita come back with him because they, they considered her as, as her property. By then, with the help of the sisters, Bakita resisted. And so you can see, finally, justice is done. Bakita resisted. And, and she, uh, um, with the help of the sisters, the sisters called on the civil authorities to free Bakita from her slavery in that family, from being owned by that family, because uh, invoking the fact that by law, slavery was abolished in Italy, slavery didn't exist in Italy, and therefore it, she, she, she couldn't be a slave in, in Venice. And so the Italian court ruled in her favor. So Bakita did fight and had people fighting for her rights. So you see the Canossian sisters here did an act not just of charity, but of justice by fighting for, for her rights. Because slavery is abominable. It's always an injustice because no one can be owned by anyone. The human person cannot be owned. Uh, and so the, uh, she was vindicated, the court ruled in her favor. So she was free for the first time in her life, she was free. And so she was baptized. By this time, she was probably 21. She was baptized, confirmed, and given her Holy, Holy Communion by the Archbishop of Venice on January the 9th, 1890. And she was given the baptismal name, Josephine Margaret Fortunata, uh, which is the, the, translation, the Latin translation of, of Bakita. And so, after having suffered so much, 
Akita entered a, a completely new phase in her life, and yet she still retained the scars. And, and through then the rest of her life, she entered into another kind of obedience. From the obedience of a slave, she now entered into another kind. And you would think this is the great paradox in, in St. Josephine's life, that you would think that once being free, she would get on and use her freedom for herself and, and, and you know, flourish on her own terms. But no, the next thing she did was to join the sisters and enter and, and submit in her life to another form of obedience, but a completely free obedience. And we have a fantastic text from uh, Pope Benedict in, in his encyclical on hope in Space Alvi, and he talks about Akita as he talks about hope. And th this is what, this is what um, uh, he said. Here, after the terrifying masters who had own, owned her up to that point, Akita came to know a totally different kind of master. In Venetian dialect, which she was now learning, she used the name Paron for the living God, the God of Jesus Christ. Up to that time, she had known only masters who despised and maltreated her, or at best considered her a useful slave. Now, however, she heard that there is a Paron above all masters, the Lord of all lords, and that this Lord is good, goodness in person. She came to know that this Lord even knew her, that he had created her, that he actually loved her. She too was loved, and by none other than the supreme Paron, before whom all other masters are themselves no more than lowly servants. She was known and loved, and she was awaited. What is more, this master had himself accepted the destiny of being flogged, and now he was waiting for her at the father's right hand. Now she had hope, no longer simply the modest hope of finding masters who would be less cruel, but the great hope. I am definitely loved, and whatever happens to me, I am awaited by this love. And so my life is good. Through the knowledge of this hope, she was redeemed, no longer a slave, but a free child of God. And so we have this amazing saying from St. Josephine, I am definitely loved. And whatever happens to me, I am awaited by this love. Now, this love transformed her. But she lived with her scars and with the trauma of what had happened to her, even to her deathbed. And even, so she lived 42 years as a religious in the convent, serving and, and doing good and praying and, and being re really a true saint in every way and, and, and telling her stories to all sorts of people. Uh, and she became, yes, a, a, a tremendous witness to hope. But what can we see in her life with regards to justice? Well, we can see very simply that for all the injustice dealt to her, the kidnapping, the abducting, the physical abuse, uh, being owned, being used, uh, being disparaged, or everything she'd suffered, 
being treated like a thing, being unchained, she didn't seek revenge. She didn't uh, felt she didn't feel justified in treating out the same treatment because that's not justice. And that's a very that's a very difficult thing to understand about justice. Retaliation is not justice. Uh, and that's why the message of Christianity becomes really difficult to, to understand, because no matter how unjust somebody's acts may be towards me, I am not justified in acting unjustly towards them. It doesn't make my unjust act towards them just. So it's not because someone lies to me that I should lie to them. That's not justice, that's vengeance. And vengeance only grows and grows into, into, into destruction. The just thing to do is always the just thing to do, no matter what other people do. What is right is always right, no matter how untitled we can feel in not doing what is right. And so instead of seeking vengeance she trusted first of all but she didn't lie down and, and let everything happen to her the moment she could she got out of this unjust situation and used the legitimate way of doing that by seeking you know the help of the sisters who sought the legitimate way of doing that by uh, going to to the court to the to the court of law which is entitled to render justice and punishment and and, and have verdicts so she did it the right way, and then, but she didn't live with the burden of carrying the injustice around and wanting to 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 meet out payback. She lived in a just way. First of all, by giving everything to God, as as we saw at the beginning, you can't have really justice towards others without justice towards God. And towards him, she gave him everything. As soon as she was free, she gave herself over to him. Of course, it is love. Yes, it's charity. But it's also just that God is owed everything by us. And so we give him ourselves. And when we worship, in our worship, when we worship at Mass, we offer ourselves to him. And it is right and just. When we open the Eucharistic prayer at Mass, you know, we have this dialogue before the preface, it is right and just, we say. Because worship for, God, for worship of God is not just um, an act of charity, it's an act of justice. So she gave everything to God, and then she lived justly with others. She, 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 well, she was a saint, so that means that her virtue is incredible, and she treated everyone the right way. Um, and in the end, she was filled with gratitude, even for what had happened to her. And I mean, now these are the words of a saint. I, you can't, I can't even imagine how I would ever come to say those words if I had been in her situation. But this is what she said. If I was to meet the slave traders that abducted me and those who tortured me, I'd kneel down to them to kiss their hands, because if it had not have been for them, I would not have become a Christian and religious woman. Can you imagine? Now, this is a woman who 
has known the depth of the horror that injustice does to somebody, but has also known the depth of healing and transformation that can be received from the grace of God. Because when I'm talking about those virtues, I've been giving a few talks now about the virtues, we really need to remember that they are impossible for us to, they're not something we do as a willpower. This is not a life that is possible for, for us to do just because we choose to. This is the manifestation of God's grace. Those virtues are given to us by God and they are nourished in us by God. They grow in us by God's grace. But we also, they will only grow insofar as we act in them, as we do them, as we exercise those powers. And this is what we see in the lives of the saints and especially in St. Josephine's Bakita's life, which is a life of total injustice transformed into a life of total justice. You know, really responding to injustice with the right thing to do, the just thing to do. Uh, and, and in that way, she, she really is like, like Jesus, who, who gave his life for us, suffered at our hands on the cross, and, and instead of giving back, retaliating, gives us his love and, and, and his life um, in, in return for the death that we inflict on him through our sins. Wow. So there we go. Great. Thank you very much, sis. That's a very inspiring story that you've uh, recounted to us this afternoon. I knew next to nothing about uh, St. Uh, Josephine Bakita, but I feel like I've... Got to know her a lot better now over the last uh, 45 minutes. So thank you for that. And uh, we're going to take another little music break now. And I'm glad you liked um, Mavis Staple before and uh, people get ready. That was appreciated. And we've got one that, the, from a band that you like called Rend Collective. And this is called, appropriately, Counting Every Blessing. I was blind, now I'm seeing in color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from a treasure I've been given a hope and a future I've been blessed beyond all measure I am counting every blessing counting every blessing letting go and trusting when I cannot see I am counting every blessing counting every blessing Thank you. 
What a wonderful choice of music there. And that was chosen by Sister Yassant here, who's been giving us an extremely fascinating talk on the virtue of justice and uh, how important it is for all of us, especially us Christians, to, uh, to exercise and to practice every day. And she's been also showing how the life and times of uh, St. Josephine Bakita is a, an ex- is a great example of how to do the right thing, even when you've been treated terribly, which she certainly well was. And I'd like to ask a couple of questions here about um, Sister, uh, St. Josephine Bakita. Uh, you mentioned about her body being scarred and covered with all these um, bruises from the past. Well, I mean, were there any psychological scars, I'm assuming, that how I'm just was very impressed to see how somebody was hurt that bad and manage not just to be normal, but to become yes. virtuous and become a saint now. Um, yes. It's just an incredible thing because I think everyone in their life can use their past as an excuse. And uh, sometimes it's almost justifiable as well if they've been uh, mistreated and um, unfairly yeah. unfairly treated by others. And that can, um, that can lead to obstacles to their to their growth in grace. So how do you think she she did it? Was she just lucky? Was she just v- persevered? Was she f- picked out by God to be given such grace to rise above all that terror and trauma and psychological damage? What do you think, uh, sister? Well, I think to th- that it's both and in that sense. She she both in the sense that it's both, yes, incredible grace that she's received from God, and but in, in the words here are very important, the grace from God without God di- doing it, but she received it. And, and receiving means being available, being disposed, being open to receiving that grace that God gives. Re- to receive grace is not a passive, you know, in spite of me thing. It really, to receive grace means... Uh, to, to be available for open to God to do his work in us. Mm, mm. Uh, and, and, and there is there is a very active uh, understanding in that. Yeah. Mm. But yes, it is the initiative and the grace of God. But also she did suffer uh, from this trauma. She did, su- uh, and, and even even apparently to her deathbed, she felt the burdens of the chains and had the memory of those chains and and was you know and it, it it's something she had to live with all her life and and you could never get rid of it but the way that because 
she had found a love that was transforming it, it wasn't i don't think it was a case of brushing aside the past in order to focus on that love it was a case of recognizing and and uh, um as it were fully taking in that past and bringing it integrating it i was just about to say world. integrating it together yeah yeah so, so and and so instead of just you know she would mention it a lot she would actually somewhat tour a little bit of italy to talk about what had happened and 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 to as as a you know to add as advocacy against slavery mm-hmm. and to explain what had happened to her and how so and how her life had been transformed by christ uh so that's a fantastic model for us in our days where there is so much injustice and so much suffering from injustice and that suffering is real and we shouldn't you know and 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 god's grace is not just there to take over and uh, and and swap it for as it were it's not either the suffering or god's grace and and if i'm not a saint because i i have uh, you know, I, I've suffered from trauma or suffered from abuse, and I, I have still patterns that, you know, of of behavior or memories mm. or ways that I, you know, that's, it's absolutely okay. It's the whole of us that is taken. And when God loves us, he doesn't just, he doesn't love an abstraction. He loves us with our history. He takes us as we are. And sometimes her history has affected us in ways which are beyond our power to control. Uh, of course, that's no justification for sin, because, but it's also uh, what it calls is uh, is this is the places in our weakness, in our vulnerability, where the compassion of God will need to be experienced to the most. God doesn't love us because we're good. It's his love that makes us good. Right. And, and, and so, you know, and all of us have suffered injustice, but also all of us have dealt injustice to others. Of course. Absolutely, so, yeah. And yeah. we are loved even in that. Right. Well, this is such a, a wonderful example for our listeners and for myself to uh, to know that it's never too late and that God would only allow evil to happen for a greater good and i picked up also on the comparisons that you were making between her obedience to her slave masters and what she had to endure which was an evil and then the way you gracefully flipped it over and said that she had this other obedience with which was to god so that was amazing and um, also when you said that if she ever did meet her slave Captures that she'd she'd even kiss their hand and thank them for what they had done to them. Do they call that like a colpa Felix? Is that something you know? Something? Yes, yes, it yeah. is something. Like that. And and sometimes we do receive that grace to be able to read our past in the light of if that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be where I'm now. Mm. And so I can give thanks. But sometimes we can't even get there because we. The darkness is such that we can't make our way through it and we can't make sense of it. Uh, uh, but it will come and hopefully all, all of us in heaven will be able to come, you know, to say those words with Josephine 
oh, oh, oh right, I, I see now what God allowed, why God allowed that terrible thing to happen in my life, because otherwise I wouldn't be where I am. It was his way of bringing me to him. As painful as it was, it was the cross that he gave me. And just as he received his cross for me to get where I am, so I've received my cross and that that is that was my way of of realizing and of turning back to him. Mm. Of, of, you know. He he moves in mysterious ways indeed. He and does. he really does. Yeah, and the fascinating thing, it seems like however negative uh, their, their lives may have been this this disordered deficit that they've they've had in their lives if they can get to that grace through their own will and openness yeah that same deficit can be an excess of the same exactly virtue but in the opposite direction i'm sure she was extremely uh empathetic to uh, pain and injustice and like she said she she went around italy talking about slavery yes yeah yeah, yeah. So she had that insight, which she yeah. would not have had if she had not gone through yeah. all that pain and suffering. And would have been able to help others and open their eyes and prevent others from, you know, uh, acting in, in ways that were in, unjust. Mm. Well, there's a lot of food for thought. I could go <laughs> on talking, but we're almost coming to an end. Will you be yeah. joining us again, sister? Yes, so next month I'm going to talk about the virtue of fortitude or courage. And we're going to look at that virtue in the life of St. Bernadette of Lourdes. What? So, you know, that you, you would think I, I, if I had to choose a French woman who was courageous, I would have picked Joan of Arc, but no, I've picked up Bernadette. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have a, a wonderful uh, time with her looking at what it means to be courageous. Wait, would, you, would you mind ending the programme with a with a prayer? Yes, of course, of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for, for the gift, the virtue of justice. Thank you for, for making us such wonderful beings that we're made for you, we're made for love and truth, and help us to always act with justice strengthen in us the virtue of justice so that we may always act rightly towards others and always act rightly towards you. Help us to do the right things, say the right things and give everyone that you treat everyone equally with respect, truthfulness and goodness. Amen. Amen.